and welcome to Raw Stories, the fortnightly-ish podcast where I share new writing whether it's ready or not. And I say fortnightly-ish because this week's episode is slightly late. Apologies for that, I'll have more to say about the reason why at the end of the podcast. For now, my name is Caroline Hardman and this week's story is Feeding the Trolls. In Brightlingham Village, there is a bridge. It has been there for at least a hundred years, probably several hundred more, and it is exactly the kind of bridge that a troll might live under, if trolls were to actually exist. And everyone knows, of course, that these days they do actually exist, but only on the internet. Brightlingham Village would be a very unassuming village if it wasn't for the bridge. It's the kind of place that no one knew ever really goes to, but which no one, once they are there, ever really leaves. So you can imagine, perhaps, everyone's surprise when the Gruff family decided to move in. This was nothing, however, compared to the surprise Mrs Gruff got when, as she was crossing the bridge one day, a voice she didn't recognise came from beneath it. Now, you might not find it surprising that Mrs Gruff didn't recognise the voice, given that she and her family had only just moved to the area. But the village was a very small village, and Mrs Graff was a very thorough goat, and she had made a point of getting to know every one of their new neighbours within the first week of their arrival. Oh, yes, that was the other surprising thing about the Graff family. They were a family of goats. But it's okay. They had integrated into human society exceptionally well, so much so that hardly anyone ever mentioned it. Anyway, goat or not, the point is that on their arrival, Mrs Gruff had bombarded the entire population of Brightlingham Village with house calls, pleasantries and homemade lemon cake. Her campaign was so successful that after a week there was not a single person living in the village who she had not met. Except for the owner of this particular voice. Who goes there? the voice asked. Oh dear, said Mrs Gruff peering over the edge of the bridge. I should have known this would happen. My husband said to me he did just before I left home. Don't you be walking over that bridge, he said. You know what can happen. We have a bit of history with bridges, you see. Right, said the voice. Now, what you've done there is furnished me with a great deal of information, none of which I need to know, without actually answering my question. I suppose I have, said Mrs Gruff. Sorry about that. Uh, what was the question exactly? Who goes there? repeated the voice. Mrs Gruff peered over the bridge again, into the shadows below. I could tell you, but it would be nicer to meet properly, don't you think? Why don't you come out and say hello? No thanks, said the voice. I can say hello from here. Oh, said Mrs Gruff. Well, hello? Hello, said the voice curtly. There was a long silence. Right, said the voice. I'm going to try this one more time. Who goes there? Mrs Graff, who had been just about to leave, peered over the edge of the bridge again. It really is hard to have a conversation like this, she said. If you just come out... I never come out, said the voice. Mrs Graff was confused. 
no, I think you do, she said. Like I say, we have a bit of history in this department, my family and I, and what happens next is that you come out, we have a showdown on the bridge, and I knock you into the water. Into the water, said the voice. Yes, sorry about that. I mean, technically, I should wait until you've met all three of us, but my husband and son are both busy this morning, so why don't you just come out now and we'll get it over and done with? But that's not what trolls do, said the voice, a little more quivery than before. Oh, I think you'll find they do, said Mrs Gruff. It's fairly well documented. Yes, I know, but, well, things are different now. Well, no one told me, said Mrs Gruff. So you're just going to spend your life under that bridge then? Of course, said the troll. After all, that's the whole point of being a troll. You get to hide under a bridge and say things without people seeing you. Mrs Gruff frowned as she tried to process this unexpected turn of events. Do you mean to say that you're using this bridge to hide under so you can say things to people that you wouldn't actually say if they knew it was you saying them? Well, of course I do, said the troll. That is the whole point of being a troll. If I wanted you to know it's me, I'd get a job doing something else. There's no need to shout, said Mrs Gruff. Something else? Like what? I don't know, said the troll. Newspaper columnist, maybe? Oh, I hardly think a newspaper editor would give you a whole column just so you could spout some vitriol, said Mrs Gruff. You'd be surprised, said the troll. By now you probably have a picture of what the troll looks like. And the troll looked exactly like that, except a little sadder and smaller. Anyway, he continued, why would I come out when I can stay here under the comfort of my own bridge, and talk to you from here. Good point, said Mrs Gruff, but you never know. Maybe a change of scenery might be nice. And besides, we might get on face to face. I doubt it, said the troll. I have cake, Mrs Gruff tried. What kind of cake? asked the troll, which seemed like a positive sign. Lemon cake, said Mrs Gruff. It's quite sour, she added as an afterthought, in case that helped. There was a pause. Did you make it yourself? The troll eventually replied. Why, yes, actually, Mrs Gruff replied with an excited smile. It's a family recipe, you see, one which has... But she got no further. What sort of loser? jeered the troll. And even though he was already using his best shouty or capital letters voice, he still managed to emphasise the word loser. What sort of loser bothers to make their own cake these days? Ah, said Mrs Gruff, who, it had to be said, was a very magnanimous goat. I think I know what's going on here. Do you know how to make lemon cake? I do, actually, said the troll crossly, and if you're listening very carefully... A little too quickly. And do you have an oven? Well, no, but it's not my fault I don't have an oven. I did think about putting one in, but it's pretty hard to get an IKEA specialist to come around and fit a kitchen when you live under a bridge, as it happens. I'm sorry to hear that, said Mrs Gruff. 
It's fine, sighed the troll. I gave them a bed rating on Trollnet. Forty-seven times. That will teach them. Well, look, said Mrs Gruff. I'm going to leave this lemon cake here for you anyway, and then I'll be on my way. It was nice to... almost to meet you. Whatever, said the troll. Mrs Gruff opened her rucksack and pulled out a Tupperware container containing her last slice of lemon cake. She'd been planning to take it home to her son, but a promise was a promise. So she found a tree stump near one edge of the bridge, put the slice of lemon cake on it, and waited. Sure enough, after a few minutes, the troll appeared, and Mrs Gruff took the opportunity to get across the bridge. She wasn't quite quick enough, though. As she was about halfway across, the troll saw her, dropped the slice of cake, and ran straight towards her, knocking her into the water below, where she floated away, never to be seen again. Which was, perhaps, not the ending you were expecting. It certainly was not the ending Mrs Gruff was expecting. But, you see, this is a modern story, and Mrs Gruff, as wise a goat as she was, had forgotten one of the fundamental rules of modern living. You must never, ever feed a troll. So that was Feeding Trolls. I had lots of fun playing around with that story. It's an idea which came to me as most ideas arrive at the worst possible time. I was on my way to a work appointment. I sometimes work in schools and on this particular day the school I was due to be in was about a 20 minute walk away from a little rural train station. So I caught the train and began walking to the school past a lovely old stone bridge which when I saw it for no particular reason reminded me of the Three Billy Goats Gruff and and that got me thinking about modern day trolls and some of the joys of the internet and before long this particular troll's voice was ringing in my ears. As it happens I was a little bit early so I had enough time to sit down at a bus stop which I passed on my way to the school and spend about 10 minutes frantically scribbling down all of the ideas I had and all of the dialogue that this troll was suddenly speaking in my head and those first rough scribbled notes at a bus stop then became the bone of this story which like all retold fairy tales and folk stories I had lots of fun playing with. I do have to confess I did need to go home and google the original story to remind myself of it. I knew there were three goats and a bridge and a troll, but I had forgotten the exact details. And the story sort of wrote itself after that. It was also one of those quite nice and, as regular listeners will know, very rare occasions where the ending of the story presented itself very quickly and I could then work my way towards that as opposed to having to scrabble around for an ending, which is the normal, very painful thing I go through. Speaking of things which are painful, I did say at the start of the episode that this episode is a little bit late 
Uh, it's now Tuesday evening and it should have been up yesterday morning. Apologies for that. The reason isn't a particularly good one and this isn't really an excuse. But I sprained my ankle on the weekend. I went out for a walk with a walking group on Saturday wearing, in hindsight, not the best shoes. I had normal trainers on and it was a very muddy day and I slipped in the mud about halfway into this beautiful circular walk, well, what was supposed to be a circular walk, uh, from Henley-on-Thames to a nearby village and back again, and quite badly sprained my ankle. So I had to do a smaller circular walk and hobble my way back to Henley-on-Thames while the rest of the group continued on in the rain and the cold, feeling pretty sorry for myself. Things then got a bit better. I found a very lovely pub where the staff were incredibly kind and they gave me some ice for my ankle and I had a few glasses of wine and something to eat and then met up with the others when they finished to get the train back into London. And as it happens, I had a notebook and pen with me as well as the book I'm reading, which is always the case. Never go anywhere without both of those things. So I actually had a perfectly pleasant afternoon uh, in the pub, nursing my sore ankle, drinking wine, chatting with the lovely bar staff, and getting rid of writing and reading done. So it could have been a lot worse, but it did mean that I then spent most of Sunday, which was the day I was going to spend finishing this story and recording this episode lolling around at home with my still very sore and very bruised ankle feeling sorry for myself and it didn't happen which I know is a pathetic excuse because you don't need an ankle to record a podcast in fact recording a podcast is a perfect thing to do if you are housebound and yet it didn't get done. So my apologies for it being a little bit late, uh, and I do want to give a enormous thank you and a bit of a plug to the Angel on the Bridge pub in Henley-on-Thames, which is where I spent the afternoon and was looked after very well indeed. The good thing about being a day late with this episode is that it means I can share some very exciting, well exciting for me at least, uh, news which came today. If you are someone who is interested in short stories or who writes short stories then you may well be aware of an organisation called Liars League. They've been running for a good few years now. Uh, they are based in London, although there are some offshoots operating in, I think, Leeds and New York and possibly somewhere else. And the idea is that they set a monthly theme and writers submit short stories based on that theme. Uh, and then a small number of winning stories, usually four or five, uh, chosen and they are performed by actors at an event. I have been submitting to Liars League on and off and it has to be said more off than on but I have been submitting to them occasionally 
for about five years now, I think. And in January, I sent in a story for this month's theme, which is a Valentine's Day special. So the theme was Kiss and Tell. And I had an email today from them to say that my story is one of the ones that's been chosen. So it's going to be performed at their event on February the 13th, which was super exciting news. It's the first time I've had a story selected. I've made the shortlist a couple of times, but never actually made it to be included in the event itself. So I am delighted about that. There is another episode due to go up before then, so I can share more details of the event and times and where it is then for anyone who'd like to come along and have a listen uh, but in the meantime if you wanted to google liars league london it's their kiss and tell event which is the 13th of february so if you are around and do want to come and listen that would be brilliant the uh bad well i was going to say the bad news it's not really bad news but uh the downside I suppose for me is that my plan if that story hadn't been selected which I was quite expecting to be honest given my track record with Lions League uh, my plan was to use it as next episode's story so I'm going to have to uh, write something else now but that's not a bad thing that's I suppose what this podcast was designed for in in the first place to make me do just that. As always, uh, if you would like to get in touch, I would really love to hear from you. I'm just keen to know who's listening, but also any thoughts you have about the podcast or about the stories themselves, I would be really interested to hear those as well. You can do that on Twitter uh, at rawstoriespod or send an email to rawstoriespodcast at gmail.com. That's it for this week. As always, thank you very much for listening. I will see you again in a fortnight for another Raw Story.